Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene. Paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time, right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers. The ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country on the Triple M Network, 52 stations and on the brand new listener app. I've waited uh, deliberately to mention this, but the person who was sitting across from me was actually the first ever interview we did on Triple M's Homegrown. Uh, You know him as frontman for Chasing Ghosts, uh, one of our celebrated uh, Indigenous singer-songwriters, writing songs, educating the country and the importance of this nation's history. Catchy songs, you may remember. Busted lung, and of course we had. We welcome back to Triple M's Homegrown. Finally in the studio, Mr. Jimmy Carl from Chasing Ghosts. First ever guest you were on the show, man. Thanks, I didn't know that. There you go. Time flies, hey. Yeah, well done. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back, and well done for all the shows subsequently. Yeah, we were just uh, we were actually not talking about Australian music just before. We were talking about the brilliance of Metallica and Lou Reed. That's one way to describe <laughs> it. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's a mashup I didn't expect. I feel much more confident about the people I choose to do collabs with after this point. Uh, dude, it's so good to have you back. I mean, like the first time we spoke was after the release of the Homelands EP. Mm-hmm. Um, how have things been since then? How's the response? I remember you saying when you know were wanting to release these songs, mm. you're a bit nervous about Very. the context, mm. and 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 how's it kind of been? You know, two two years down the track. Yeah, great. Um, probably got the you know the results that we really wanted. We wanted to uh, share some stories that I found at the time were uh, pivotal stories in the country that hadn't really been uh, talked about and. And, you know, singing about massacres. And I guess I just picked subjects that I felt were really difficult subjects to write songs about. Yeah. And I thought that might be, as a musician and a, as a songwriter, might be an interesting task. But it was incredibly daunting as well. Mm. And doing them right, you know, if you're writing songs that involve mob, it, you've got to bring everyone on the journey with you. You can't just sort of go out and pen it to paper and walk away. So having that su- support from mob back home, that was great. And I should acknowledge, before I even get going, I should acknowledge that. You know, I'd like to pay my respects to the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people whose land on which we're on today and uh, that I have a beautiful place to live here in Nam on Wurundjeri country and a big mm. shout out to my mob back home on Thangari Barai. But, um, you know, without the support of mob back home, yeah. songs like Summit wouldn't have come about. And so that's, I think, when you're writing songs that are, are not just your own lived experiences, but they're the experiences of many people, yeah. there's that responsibility that has to happen. So that was super daunting. And I think I thought there would be a bigger pushback, actually. I thought there would be some people people really challenged by it but rather um not the case for the most part uh a lot of people really lent into the conversation yeah. i think the conversation about frontier wars in australia is is starting yeah. and i think we've seen that over the last couple of years and i think since probably the blm movement we're seeing you know there's some pushback but we are seeing lots of people getting more curious and judgmental yeah and trying to get you know some uh a, a deeper sense of understanding around these topics and our yeah. history as a as a colony it's weird i feel like i'm still learning as well and um 
you know, when you put out that AP and, you know, it's, it's the whole thing. It's the video clip as well. It's, it's quite powerful. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's just one of those things like, can you talk to me about the, the kind of process, like you said, it is about, um, your elders and family from the past. What is the process of kind of talking to them after you've, you've written a song like that? Do you show it to them? Do you show them the lyrics and how does, how's that kind of work? Well, so the, all descendants from the upper Maclay of, um, Dungari peoples, Dungari people, but all, all descendants from the sole survivor, um, I guess, you know, it's hard to be able to ask everyone. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. you know, people are living their lives and doing their things and many people have moved off country and might be living somewhere else, in, yeah. you know, in the cities. So it was really about, um, a brother boy that I grew up with. Um, I'd been told the story from my grandmother and then sat down with mob, um, and then learnt more about the story. Yeah. And years and years ago, I was handed um, some documents that had been kept by our peoples, um, handed down from elders around what occurred on that day. And um, getting those documents many years ago, that was kind of where I I'd sort of, I guess, had a you know multiple layers of references. So my grandmother's oral history, um, the oral her- history of um, the traditional owners uh, back home, as well as the uh, written history of um elders that had come and passed yeah so there was there, there was all this richness in the story and then the sole survivor of the massacre which was uh baba jack scott um so the massacre for those who aren't sure we're referencing is the tail creek massacre of 1856 on the mcclay valley which was one of several massacres around that time and the native police were brought down from north queensland to quell the uprising against um occupiers and so the i guess um brother vince scott if you're listening big yawai to you my brother but um you know i'd worked with vince and his family as as a representative of his family he's a direct descendant of bubba jack Mm. um we'd known each other um through mob and uh through community for a long time and so i I first posed the story to him around look this is this idea that i've you know i felt um a responsibility to share but i want to do it the right way and so that was who i just kept liaising with vince and and other um community members that were uh influential i guess in in that holding cultural knowledge mm. and and presenting it in the right way. So I think the rule of thumb is uh, nothing about us without us. Yeah. That's that simple. Yeah. Like if you want to do something that is, um, you know, it, it, that includes Aboriginal people, then you've got to do that nearly from the, the first idea right through to the end because we're yeah. a collective culture. Yeah. We work together. We don't do um, separatist sort of stuff, you know, where yeah. we go off and do yeah. your own thing. There's, there's things to be considered. Not that uh, young Aboriginal artists don't have that freedom to do their own thing. You know, they're presenting their stories but I think when you have legacy stories like this, when there's a responsibility, um, that's when it, it just pays to get everything right. And yeah. old community saying is by going slow, everything gets done quickly. Yeah. So you get it right at the front, you know. And yeah. so everyone went on the journey and that's what made it more special. Whether or not it was commercially successful, like I seen yesterday on Twitter or a couple of days ago on Twitter, someone was a school teacher and they were sharing it with their year nine students for yeah, history. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's dope. That's yeah. deadly as, you know, that's what I wanted to happen. Yeah was that we would start this conversation. And I think, uh, you know, leading towards things, whether or not people want to lean towards the voice, whether they're pro or against, we do have to, as a country, reconcile that we are the only country in the entirety of the Commonwealth that doesn't have a treaty. And I think that's, if we want to, you know, we can't undo the past, but yet I don't think most Australians have a very um, strong sense of Australia's past yeah. and, it, and its details. I think they'd be yeah. quite shocked. Yeah. To 
realise um, that many of the people on the statues around Australia have far more than questionable pasts. Mm. Uh, they have things that other countries would find um, probably highly offensive to put up uh, in in the public square. Yep. And we have a, we have a deep history of that. So what sort of the sanitised history of Australia, I think, is um, is is one of our fundamental problems in the country. So this song set to unpick the thread of a conversation. Mm. You know, how much do we really know about what's occurred in the country? I think we understand that we're not educating people. That's been, I think most non-Indigenous people would say that in their school experience. Yep, agreed. The majority of them have not had the interactions they would like. They've not been informed of what's occurred. Um, and I think this generation actually believes to some degree that democracy and justice are still real things. And if you're a person who believes in democracy and justice, then we have to do some truth telling. Mm. You know, we've got to recalibrate this sort of stuff. So these songs were, you, you can hear, you can hear the responsibility that comes on when you when you present these songs. And, I, you know, I don't put myself as some sort of leader or a spokesperson for anyone. I, I represent myself and my own mm. uh, opinions. But, um, yeah, I, I did feel that heavy responsibility. I didn't want to lose the non-Indigenous audience either. I wanted them yeah. to come on the journey yeah. and be curious and, and, and perhaps have a growth mindset rather yeah. than a yeah. fixed mindset. Yeah, I, I loved hearing a song like that for a lot of reasons. It was, it was learning. And I, I do feel like now that there really is this kind of hunger for knowledge about mm -hmm. Australia. Yeah, um, I think the more you learn, the more you realise you don't know. And I think that's the part that has made people realise, okay, um, there there has been a long history in this country of um, systemic oppression of Aboriginal people. I think that's, you know, you'd only have to point to laws such as the restriction of the sale of opium and the uh, Aborigines Protection Act to see the laws around slavery. You'd only have to look at the laws in South Australia that were suspended uh, to be able to shoot Aboriginal people. Mm. You know, these these are real these are real yeah. things that were uh, the colony. Um, what what were they? You know that we were supposedly British subjects, whether we liked it or not. And they were under those under under that sort of um, lens. I guess they were you know killing British subjects. And th and yeah. that that story in Australia is different in state to state yeah. because the state policies change. Mm. Um, they're all pretty horrendous. They all fall into a similar sort of category of of genocidal behaviour. Um, but I I think if if we understand what's occurred in the country, then the context of relationships makes far greater sense. And that's why it's important is is right now, uh, and you look, again, each state has a different history, but um, it would be, I, I, I guess you, things, I'll, I'll just put a few things out for people to understand. One would be that 50% of the massacres during the frontier wars were led by police. Mm. Now, I think if we were to look at the statistics of Aboriginal people in prisons, if we were to look at the statistics of um, the interactions between Aboriginal people, you know, we've just had a brother boy, 15 police officers in the Northern Territory, uh, in uh, North Queensland, in Mareeba, shot an unarmed Aboriginal man. All 15 police officers don't have their video cameras on. Mm. Now, why is that? How do 15 police officers, highly trained professionals, all forget to turn their cameras on? Mm. This shooting of black people that are unarmed is um, has been it's it's been a long going theme in Australia. Actually, mm. this is this is not started at the BLM movement. This happened yeah. in Australia for years. We can look at the death of Cameron Dumaji at Palm Island. We can look at the coronial inquiry into Zachary Rolfe mm. uh, and, and and what's happened with Kumanjai Walker. Um, so you know. 
the when you understand that 50%, 50% of the massacres, we're talking, you know, well over hundreds, you know, we're talking, the, yeah. the estimate is that 72,000 people in Queensland, this is a modest estimate, uh, that 72,000 people in Queensland alone were killed by the native police. That is not all the other people. That is not the New South Wales Mounted Police. That is yeah. not the British uh, um, battalions that were involved in conflicts here. Mm. Uh, that is not the pastoralists. That is not the yeah, yeah. the Vikings and every uh, the Vikings the uh, convicts rather. That is this is just this one group. Mm. So I think when you understand that, then you think about well, how far along, how far away was this? Mm. So the massacre in the Northern Territory on Walpuri Country, which was uh, in 1928, which is the Connison Station massacres mm. that were led by six police officers on innocent people. Mm. Uh, that's less than a hundred years ago. Now we're now yeah. that police officer, uh, John Murray, who's passed on now, who has a heritage listed grave, which I think is appalling. Mm. Um, that police officer stayed in power for decades. Mm. Everyone openly knowing. Same in the Mile Creek massacre. One of the uh, one of the people who got off the Mile Creek massacre in 1938 in Gomorrah country uh, became a magistrate. Mm. Yeah. So so at what point do we look and say, well, I wonder if the culture of policing has uh, been this way for much longer than we think mm. and it's been passed down for generations. I think we're still seeing the effects of that. I think that's why there's 15 police officers without cameras on. And so when we're talking about the frontier wars and we can draw a direct link to co colonial police officers that everyone openly knew what they were doing, they wrote it down, they documented it. Uh, when the, when we see their statues up or we see streets named after them like William Wilshere mm. or George Murray and that these fellas have streets and they're celebrated mm. as yeah. explorers, as pioneers, as pioneers, we're distorting the reality of the situation. Mm. And so what it does is it makes us look like we're criminal by nature mm. when in reality the policing in this country has got to change. Now, that is not controversial. I think most people would realise that. We've had the Wood Royal Commission. We've had lots of Royal Commissions into these sorts of things mm. because there is enough people able to see there is something terribly wrong. Mm. We have currently in the Northern Territory 11 times more black people incarcerated in prisons, 80% for nonviolent offences, 11 times higher than it was during apartheid in South Africa. Mm. This is 2023. People are, Some people are worried about a voice. My goodness, mm. I would be asking for all the help possible mm. at this point because we uh, as a nation have a lot of work to do yeah. and we can do it as a country. We can make changes. We can aspire to greater things than where we are. Criticism of the country is not because people don't think Australia has lots to offer. It's a great place. Criticism of the better. We want to make it yeah. better because we believe that it could be possible. Yeah. So that's my pitch to people is that honesty shouldn't, shouldn't scare us. Yeah. The truth shouldn't scare us. It puts us in a better place to actually respond to real world issues that are occurring around us. And it might be happening in, in Melbourne all the time, but we do know it's occurring across the nation. Yeah. Well said, man. And you actually you really summed that up well. Thanks very much. With these songs, um, obviously they're emotional writing, uh -huh. recording, uh -huh. putting together. Uh, you're playing them live. What's the response? You know, you're singing these lyrics, you're looking at people as you're performing. How's the reaction been live? Uh, well, um, there's probably two reactions. There's my reaction and there's the audience's reaction. And, you know, some of these songs were not just about massacres and about in the invasion and slavery that occurred within Australia, but um, some of them, like Busted Lung, were about uh, a hate crime committed on, on a proud gay man that um, was just minding his own and um, and illuminating the experience of prejudice for other groups. And yeah. some of the songs were about suicide. Um, some close friends of ours in the music scene that um, had 
had passed away mm. during COVID um, around that period, which many people did, obviously, yeah. as we know. It was yeah. a highly stressful period. Um, so th- when I play these songs, it's very easy for me to be in tears. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... That's what I was going to say, man. Yeah. But if I start, then everyone else <laughs> starts. So next minute there's, you know, a couple hundred people in a, in a, in a pub all crying together. It's quite a cathartic session, actually. Uh, there's lots of laughs, which you wouldn't think, uh, but occasionally there, there, there are some good laughs at my shows and there used to be quite a lot um, but this stuff is quite heavy and so quite often there are a lot of tears um, it's honest the crowd's honest mm. I'm honest yeah. the relationship's authentic between us mm. I'm not you know BSing them and they're not doing that with me yeah. and so there's um, some honest conversations that come out of it, but I know there's a lot of goodwill yeah absolutely and I think that's yeah. the part I recognise is that quite often the loud voices the silly voices uh, are the loudest and we need to come back to the quieter voices that actually the majority of people probably have a bit of goodwill that yeah. so yeah it's been full on uh, uh, more and more mob come out to shows which i love um nice. you know and chasing ghost pulls people from lots of different nooks and crannies it's it sits in the middle of lots of sounds so yeah it's a it's a good time but it's emotional i bet man and these shows are unplugged is it full band or is it oh so the new the new tour that i'm about to do will be yeah. stripped right back it'll yeah. be unplugged it'll be solo yeah cool we might okay. have i was gonna say that's gonna be even more emotional like, yeah you know, it's it's yeah well one of the guys in the band you know he he said to me you know as much as i love playing these songs and as as important as they are like they feel the weight every time they perform these songs as well you know it's not just me it's it's five uh other fellas and the non-indigenous guys in my band have gone on this massive journey yeah you know TikTok. like where they've really explored this space and, yeah. and and learned quite a lot so uh you know they're my brothers as well you know they're they're standing shoulder to shoulder with me what more can i ask yeah what i love um in australia at the moment is all the next crop of indigenous artists coming through like we've had on this show of King Stingray, Thelma Plum, Dan Sultan, Scott Darlow, uh, Budgera. Um, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's crazy. Yeah, the, the next crop of Australian Indigenous artists. It's And it's so diverse too. And it's it's infectious. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I've heard so many Aboriginal artists and Torres Strait artists in the last um, in the last few years be given some space to, to shine. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And well done, music industry, for, um, you know, imagine missing out on King Stingray. Imagine, or Bajira, you know, uh, oh, Bajira, or, um, yeah. you know, Scotty Darlow, like the the cover of um, uh, the Gwena song, uh, yeah. Solid Rock. Yeah. He was banging out that one. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. A, you know, all those, all those artists are, are just phenomenal. Thelma, I've seen Thelma's perform so many times and just oh, am enchanted amazing. by it. Yeah. You know, it's great. Yeah. Um, so these shows, man, you've got the Homelands unplugged out on the 31st of March. What's happening for the rest of the year? Is there anything you can uh, <laughs> disclose at the moment? Yeah, look, we, we have some big things in the pipelines as every band has said at some point <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm on a Facebook post plugging that like big things coming like 45 days to go yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so oh, look I won't start the hype train just yet but yeah <laughs> we have definitely been hard at work um, and we've got lots of great things ahead for this year to share with people so uh, you know this is just the beginning it'll be great to get back out yeah. solo run couple of special guests um, get out and see some people and, and play some great shows again and, and really you know share these intimate moments um, before we move on to the next the, yeah <laughs> the, the next thing the next thing 45 days <laughs> <laughs> hey these shows are taking place in April uh, go around the country and check it out at triplem.com.au I want to play one game with you man on Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O it's time for uh oh 
It's Right Party or Dinner. Now, this game's called Right Party Dinner. Right. I'm going to give you three artists. Okay. You can write a song with one, mm-hmm. party with the next one, mm-hmm. or you take them home to dinner. Now, okay. these are picked uh, completely at random. We've got like this little machine here, so not even I know. So uh, your three acts are... Van Halen. Yeah. Second artist. Party with all of them. The Chili Peppers. And yep. the third. Wow. This one's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you got a hard right, so one. My options were dinner and... Partying. Party. And what was the other one? Writing a song. Writing a song. Whoa. I think... Party would probably be like a young ACDC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I like that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'd find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I, writing. Yeah. Uh, who were my other options? Chili so Peppers. Ben Halen and Chili Peppers. Oh, Chili Peppers. Writing uh, a song? N- nah. A Chili Peppers dinner. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I struggle with Anthony. I'm sorry. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I Would I bring him home for dinner? What would be more painful? It would be writing a song with it. Oh, no. It would be dinner because that would be over quick. Yeah. Yeah. I like flea. Okay. So I like flea. So maybe I could do dinner with the chili peppers. Okay. I can always leave. And that, I guess, leaves us with writing a song with Van Halen. Yes. It's not fine, the man. collab I would have chose, but I was wondering if Lou Reed and Metallica were still available. The callback. Uh, check out Lulu for those fans uh, listening online. Uh, Jimmy, it's always a pleasure, man. You're Thank the you first so ever guest on our show. I love what you do. I've, I've learned a lot from you as a, a songwriter, a performer, and everything, man. It's, it's a pleasure to meet you here oh, in thank person. Thank you so much, man. And uh, I can't wait for these shows, and I can't wait to have you back, man. I think you're one of our important singer-songwriters, man, and it's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much, and thanks to Triple M. Cheers.